listener. Welcome back to Serendipity City. This week, we're catching up with Iro, Nancy, and Fox again. But first, one quick note before we get started. The Indiegogo to fund the second season of my audio drama, Unplaced, is going on right now. If you're into indie audio dramas, especially those dealing with mental illness and isolation set against an urban fantasy backdrop, please check it out and consider contributing to the Indiegogo or sharing it. The link is in the description. Back to the world of Serendipity City. The last time you heard from this crew, they had gone to the Grove to investigate the source of its troubles after a druid client named Gail came to them for help. Iroh found a scrap of cloak at the center of the damage, which Fox recognized as the work of Monsieur Frederick Applebottom, Serendipity City's premier tailor. Mr. Applebottom was able to give them the name of a client who had commissioned it, which they took back to the bar and left in a note for Charlie and Bex, should they need it. Then they decided to go back to the Sacred Grove and talk to Gail again to see if they could get more information. And that's right where we're going to pick up this time. Where are you guys going again? Oh, back to the Sacred Grove. <laughs> yes, we're going back to the Sacred Grove. We're going to um, use Gail's uh, previously established method of like, hey, if you need to get in touch with uh, me, here's how you do it. We're going to do that so we can ask him about Marie Robinson. Thank you. You're so organized. Uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad taking to- notes, too. <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to take notes? <laughs> <laughs> There's homework. Oh, there, there will be a There's quiz at the end homework. of the mission. <laughs> You go to the Sacred Grove, and then the directions that Gail gave you were to walk to where the cave entrance is to the underground, Mm -hmm. um, and then head, like, due west-northwest. That's a direction, right? I think. Is that how the orders go when it's like that? Yes. (laughs) I was not a Girl Scout. I don't know anything. Um, So you go, like, due west-northwest, like, 20 paces. It's like this kind of overly complicated thing where it's like you do you go uh do west northwest from there and then you all need to like stand in a circle around this like red oak tree and put your right hand on it and when you Wait, do two that paces to the left two paces to the right no sorry. right up down back forward a b a b start select yes <laughs> exactly all of that when you do that, there's this sort of disorienting effect where, like, everything around you sort of shimmers, and then it's like, and then it shifts. So it looks like everything goes blurry, and then it rotates, like, 30 degrees to the side, and then suddenly you're in, like, a completely different part of the woods. Or it seems like you don't know if you're in a completely different part of the woods. You don't know if, like, this was there before but magically veiled. You have no idea what's going on, but you're in a different location and there is like a small, like I think even village is too big of a word, but it's probably like, I guess, depending on how you define that, like 10 to 15 houses, but they are all in the trees. So I don't know if there's a moment where like you look around (sighs) on the ground and then like realize because there's some rope ladders. Um, but there's like, it's definitely just like the Ewok village, but people sized in the trees. I was going to ask if this was a Star Wars reference. <laughs> yes. So, because I immediately thought of them. Yes. It's like, so that's like, that's sort of the thing that I'm talking about where like they're all interlinked. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not like anything resembling a town on like a standard human scale, but it's like probably 10 to 20 houses, like not a lot of houses. There's one or two buildings that look like sort of communal structures that are much bigger. And then there are a lot of like, the equivalent of like, you know, um, probably about the size of this living area, which would be like a studio apartment. There are a bunch of like smaller um, tree houses that are like that size. And you can see people, all of them 
dressed similarly to how Gail was, which was like black and brown because I know somebody sassed me about that. Um, there was a tunicked. Yes, there's a there's a tunic. Um, most of them have like everybody has long hair. There's like they've got this whole thing about hair and cutting it and blah blah blah. So like everybody has hair that's like past shoulder length. A lot of them have like mid back length or um, longer hair. Some of them have it in just like straight ba- braids down their back. Some of it's loose. Sometimes it's like wrapped around their head. And what I am realizing is a Leia crown. So I guess this is just our Star Wars episode. How do you handle the thought of um, climbing a rope ladder like 40 feet into the trees? How does how does everyone deal with that? I think Iroh shouts, Gail! <laughs> this ain't gonna happen, darling. Gail! Going up there. <laughs> And and Fox? Is Fox also on board the nope train? Yeah. <laughs> so, K- kiddo, get up there and see if uh, Gail's home. You're the youngest and most lumber. Uh, that would probably not be a very good idea. So, Do you see how much he spent on that suit? Do you really want him to go up that ladder? What if I rip it? I'll just sew it back together for you. You, no. you just slap a patch on it, and it's fine. No. No. <laughs> you can't just slap How a patch on a Frederick Applebottom suit. <laughs> so, so, Kale! So, um, after, like, the third or the fourth time you yell, you see, like, there's a couple of people that look, and then, like, one of them says something to somebody else, and somebody goes off, like, running on the rope bridges, and you see, like, Gail come up and stand um, by, by like, the rope ladder. He's like, oh, he- oh, hey, guys. Hey, uh, what are you doing down there? Why don't you come on up? We got drinks. How about you come on down here? Oh, are you guys afraid of heights? No, we don't like to climb things. <laughs> Have you seen these hills I'm wearing? Uh, fair point. And he, so he, like, um... Drops down this, like, yeah, he just human like, sized basket that we can like rope up in. Do you think he'd oh, be embarrassed? That's a clever of idea. Us? Can we have that? Can we have like a I fake feel like, elevator? I feel like so. I feel like Gail doesn't really get embarrassed. I picture him as like one of those people in high that did way too much pot in high school and has like no sense of shame. Like they just permanently died. The marijuana killed it. So um that's a good idea i was going to have him come down to meet you but i actually like the scene better of he's like oh fine fine that's fair and he like like puts two fingers in his mouth and does a whistle and um somebody like somebody on the other side of the camp starts this like intense pulleying process and you see above the huts there's like a whole string and pulley system like almost like um like a like a rube goldberg yeah um, but also like a ski lift. That's the word I want. Oh, excuse me. Yes. No, no. That's a good comparison as well because it does look like it's way overcomplicated. But I, a- I, I'm imagining like they're druids. So there's like a bear that like shoves a rock <laughs> and that lets the monkeys know to scamper up and start filling things with water. Yeah. It's all just very druidy. Birds helping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they get the, like the basket has to move across the entire camp and then like he pulls something. And it just, like, drops the 40 feet and lands with this huge thump. Um, and it's a very big... It's like a hot air balloon wicker basket, except it's connected with ropes and pulleys to this thing above. Well, I see like, why he wanted us to come up. That was <laughs> quite an ordeal. Gail, do you know a Marie Robinson? He goes, what? Do you know a Marie Robinson? Just get in the basket, honey. <laughs> That's all we need to ask him. That took seven minutes. <laughs> Just I'm dying. Basket. I'm going to die. <laughs> Nancy's like happy, compliant, drunk at this point. She's like, just get in the basket. It's fine. It's fine. 
They got drinks up there. <laughs> There's definitely some homebrew beer. The druids have homebrew beer and probably some moonshine. I'm beginning to suspect that at least half of my coworkers are alcoholics. At least we're functioning, right, dear? Um, <laughs> have you seen, have you seen Charlie and um, That's why I tag along. Most of the time, and, and you have to be the voice of reason with them. I do. You don't have to be the voice of reason I with don't these. Here, <laughs> we got the uh, blue noser over here. <laughs> so yeah, we've got dad. We don't have to worry. So, um, do you eventually get in the basket? Or yes, if Gail doesn't answer. Yeah, he's pretending he can't hear you. <laughs> Fine, I get in the basket. He's now, he's now drinking a big mug of beer that somebody brought him while he was watching the thing go across. I imagine the, the whole hamlet is just watching us <laughs> at this they're, point. They're all half um, seas over. It's okay. We'll, we'll wait till they sober up a bit. So, wait, wait what, you're like waiting now? In a, in a half a day? What? <laughs> okay, you get in the basket. I'm going to make you all get in the basket. <laughs> I'm there. Dude, I've, like I've been fighting for this the whole time. <laughs> It's true. She willed the basket into existence. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> so you get in the basket um, and you go. <laughs> Fox is like holding on to the back of Iroh's shirt. Which Are is you what also he holding on to the edge of the basket? Yeah. Or just Iroh. Okay. That's what he does every time he's nervous. Okay. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I hope somebody draws a picture of this. Uh. Um, so, yeah. So once you all get in the basket, Gail, like, does the, the whistle again with his hand in his mouth. And, like, it just, like, it gives kind of a solid jerk. And then it moves up. And it moves up a lot faster than you thought it would. It's, like, not necessarily the smoothest ride. But at no point, like, there's none of that stop and start. You don't feel like you're going to fall. You know, our feet don't go through the basket or anything. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. Um, so you get up there, and he's like, "Hey, hey, guys! Welcome to uh, welcome to our little town. Uh, I trust that you've had a good day so far." Gail, have the- you ever heard of a Marie Robinson? A Marie Robinson? Yeah. Um, I ever seen anyone in a cloak? Uh, I mean, yes, with runes and. Gold embroidery on it, you no, know, like gold high to, class stuff. No, we don't really go for the high class cloaks. I mean, we had, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. This this would be more like the the folks you saw snooping around back when you were telling us about the the thing. No, put 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 the beer down. This will this will go nice and easy. Just try and focus. Uh, he's he like finishes it. He finishes nope. the, the tankard, uh, <laughs> and then and then he like hands it to this um to like a dwarf that's walking by and is like thanks. Why do they have dwarves here? Because there are some dwarves that they've got they've got a whole symbiotic relationship going since the entrance okay. to the caves is there, um and there are some there are some dwarves that uh, choose to be druids as well. So there's also, I guess I should say, um, just so that it's clear, like this encampment isn't entirely human. There are several dryads walking around, which look like people who are functionally naked, but like covered in very thick tree bark. They don't go for clothes. So like their hair is like various foliage. They have bright green or brown or black eyes. um, And they're just sort of, it's not like they're not 50 50 or anything but it's probably like for every 10 humans there's one dryad and then there are a couple of people that look like they might be ghosts that are sort of like this weird human dryad mix where like they look like ghosts of humans but they've sort of taken on the appearances of some of the dryads they've got like vines in their hair and so they look like translucent and are glowing various colors um depending on the ghost and they're interacting and they're probably rarer than the dryads they're like 
you know, for every 20 humans, there's one of the spirits, and then there are some, you know, not a ton, but there are some dwarves mixed in. And everybody seems to be working really well together. Um, so there's something for whoever is not currently exasperated with Gail's day drunkenness to observe. I do love that you had to go into what a dryad was. Like, I'm like, dude, we know that. And I'm like, oh, some listeners may not. Yeah. So, well, and, and I've seen them done a bunch of different ways. Like, I've seen dryads done every single way from, like, this per- This is, like, this is a person who dresses normally with leaves in their hair. And I want to be totally clear that I'm talking, like, full-on tree spirit, like, vaguely humanoid bark covered thing walking around yeah so um you're like i have a vision it needs to be out there yes exactly i need to give people something to work with i need to paint a picture what was your question again (laughs) we're looking for a marie robinson marie robinson we want to know if you've ever heard of such an individual for anyone else around here may have heard Someone like that. Someone coming into the Sacred Grove. Maybe an outsider wasn't supposed to be here. Might be a magic user. We're not sure. No, I don't know anyone by the name of Marie Robinson. You know, we've had, like, there are other magic users that come into the Grove occasionally. But for the most part, they're on good terms with us. We've got a we've got a pretty good working relationship going with, like, you know, the... I mean, some of the necromancers. Not a lot. Anyone new showing up? Maybe the last couple of months? We haven't had anyone new show up in the last couple of months. They would have shopped at uh, Frederick Applebottoms, if that helps at all. Who? What? They would have had some fancy clothes on. Yeah. Like some gold embroidery. Maybe someone throwing around a little bit more coin than you're used to around here. We haven't seen anyone like that. If they're... um, But if they're... If they're the ones that are sabotaging... If they're the ones that are sabotaging the Grove, they wouldn't be here with our blessing. Um, they're not going to introduce our... I wouldn't think... I'm not a criminal genius, but I wouldn't think they'd be introducing themselves to us. Uh, well, let, let me ask you this, Gail. The Sacred Grove's a neighborhood in the city, just like anyone else. Um, if they were looking for more of a criminal element around here, who would they be talking to? Um... Let's see. I think I think you're going to need to roll for that. I don't know if you should roll for that or not, actually. Um, because, so, he thinks about it, and he says, well, I mean, not to paint too rosy of a picture, you know, I don't want you to think I'm uh, full of it or anything, but we don't really have a criminal element in, in our little village. We, we mostly get along okay. Everyone who's here is here by choice. We've had places in the Grove that that unsavory types might visit or hang out, but we can't control that as much. We, our job is to just try and be guardians of the forest as much as we can. And everyone who is here is here because they want to be that. We have had people, we have had people join and then leave, but most of the time there's no ill will because we don't want someone here if they don't want to be here. If you, if you smell what I'm stepping in. Hmm. Yeah. I think I get it. So here's what I want to do. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to, Take into account that Gale maybe has a rosier view of the Sacred Grove and sort of um, ply a little bit. And I'm imagining the role being um, sort of a representation of Iroh just using just the right combination of words to make Gale kind of think of like, oh, actually, 
I'd forgotten about this guy. Maybe maybe this is who you're looking for, that kind of thing. Just sort of stirs memory maybe a little bit with, yeah. with just some finely crafted words. We decided that what you're going to do is basically try and finesse more information out of Gail. I imagine, well, we can figure out what this looks like um, after you roll. So sure. this would be like a hit the street, uh, a sprawl hit the street, yeah. um, which is different than, than urban shadows. So I'm rolling with heart. Yes, you're rolling with heart. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to... Use use my understanding of Gale's kind of position as sort of like a um, a man in a small in a community in a rural kind of setting, which I'm very used to. To sort of yeah. cut to the idea of like you know I, I understand you're proud of the the space, but yeah, I'm trying to trying like, to I understand really, that you really love it here, but yeah. that might be kind of but there is an underbelly, and yeah. maybe someone doesn't love it quite as much as you, and we'll see how successful I am at that, right? Now, that is a nine. All right. Um, you get to choose two from the list below. Do you have the list? No. Okay. Your request is going to cost you extra. Your request is going to take some time to put together. It will attract unwanted attention, complications, or consequences, or your contact uh, needs you to help them out with something. And you get to choose. You have to choose two of those. Um, I'm going to choose take some time. And attracts unwanted attention. All right. What is like? What does this? What does this conversation look like? Is this just more of like a yeah? But do you think somebody else might say something different? Like, I think what I want to do is I want to sort of put myself in that position of you know because Iroh um, came from a farming community where he helped out and he was you know known as an individual of value, but because he was always so bookish and so always sort of interested in things that sort of went against the norm, went against the grain of their community, he sort of understood how it could be that someone could come to really resent that neighborhood that could really want to sort of undermine it and to sort of portray that. And so he sort of takes Gale aside. He's looking at this sort of community of all these different sorts of people. And he's like, Gale, I see all manner of folks here. You, these spirits, these tree folk, all of you want to be here, but you see them because they're all out here. If someone is part of the community, but feels as though they're not part of the community, then they tend to secret themselves away, keep themselves separated, removed, just to make a show of it in a way. Now, surely this place isn't so utopian that there's absolutely no one like that is there so basically um yeah it's just gonna take like a day for gail to come off this day drinking and like put some he like he he the way you word it that way and he like stops and he blinks and he does that thing that like and he's not like let's be clear he's not like drunk drunk but it's one of those things where it's like you go to brunch at 10 a.m and then you start drinking mimosas and then like it's four o'clock and you're still drinking mimosas. as the kids say lit (laughs) so he sort of does that like drunk person thing where like they're trying to focus and his eyes squint and he's like "Ah, you know i don't know i thought i knew i thought i knew but like but we've got somebody i mean maybe i thought i knew but maybe i don't because we've got somebody somebody is clearly trying to sabotage us so i'll i'll think on what you've said and i'll take it to heart and i'll talk to some of my colleagues as it were and you want us to come back maybe this evening or something like that 
yeah, why don't you come back? Um, somebody is walking towards him with two beers in their hands, <laughs> and he's and he looks at them and he's like, why don't you come back tomorrow morning or even afternoon? All right, thanks, Gail. Yeah, no problem, buddy. And he like pounds <laughs> you on the shoulder and then like grabs a beer and is like, y'all, y'all know where to find me. If uh, would he say y'all? Yeah, I feel like that sounds fine, especially a couple drinks in. It's like you know where to find me if uh, if you need me. And he's sort of like, well, he's like, feel free to hang out. We got plenty of, and we'll said brewskis, which is like definitely what he would say if he was around in 2010. But Bro, dude, come have some brewskis with us. He's like, we've got plenty of uh, drinks to go around. And he like raises his, his newly acquired tankard at you and sort of like wanders off on one of the wood bridges. Well, uh, y'all want to stick around for Druid Pong or you want to continue on? <laughs> I mean, Nancy's still got that rum, so she's probably good. I'm I'm good. And this is just a bit too much dirt for me. I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I bet you're uncomfortable. This, this is, is too... not my crowd. I can't gain anything this, here. You yeah, walk into the commune. Yeah. I think uh, chasing after uh, magic users here in town might be a good uh, follow-up. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to um, go to the slum parts of the magic town, like the black market type stuff maybe we can figure out what this would look like in the fiction but i think the move that will probably be the most helpful right now would be hit the streets which is when you name who you're going to enroll with their faction so this would be like if you have someone who like sort of is like the reese falcone specifically for sorry um reese was an investigative reporter that they went to because he sort of has his finger on the pulse but this is like niche enough that reese would probably not know yeah but like i imagine that there's somebody who's sort of like the um various from game of thrones of like specifically of the magic users who like sort of has an eye on all of the political goings on. So you could go to, you could go to someone like that, or you could um, pick one of the factions that we taught, one of the magic user groups that we talked about and go to someone in one of those. If you think that, you know, someone. So power is the wizard faction, right? Yes. Who has the highest power rating? I have a zero. I have a one. That's why I was about to ask you. I was going right there. Exactly. High fives. (laughs) Zero. So, Nancy, you're up. So All right. I would go. <laughs> who do you? So do you want to go to someone who is not one of these groups, or do you want to pick one of the groups and go to them and see if they have dirt? I think I would have some pool just from doing readings and stuff, and like you know, or connecting them to Vex for herbs and things. So I would like to go to someone in the power faction, right? But um, out of the- so. But but out of like necromancers or high wizards or whatever, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't imagine we have enough information really to no. nail it down. Yeah, kind of yeah. go to like the black market and go to like the person who know like knows just someone all the dirt. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. Flip them a coin. Someone that's got scuttlebutt on just the general scene, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. like what? Probably someone who um, I was raised with on the streets who would like know stuff. All right. I don't know. Um, I don't have any NPCs coming up to mine. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't prepare for this, guys. <laughs> That's fine. I just wanted to know if you're going to a specific group. Or yeah, not. like um, yeah, like just kind of go down to like the black market part of town and like you know see all the other street kids or s- people that I may have grown up with and like you know because they know me around and I kind of like kind of like a vexing but not so much a vexing where like you know I still keep in touch with my roots and like if they need something you know I'm. I'm willing to help out every now and then kind of thing. All right. Because I do have an abandoned building, and if they need a place to stay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, she isn't terribly heartless. 
Even though she comes off out. It's probably still, yeah, it's still daytime. It's probably like what afternoon at this point? Mm-hmm. Do you think that, okay, so I have a couple of ideas. Where do you think that, like, where do you think makes sense for the black, the magic practitioner's black market to be? Um, like, do you picture this in a building or like an open air market or something that's on like a like, weird floating see, dock? Like the, um, like the markets that are in like Japan or something that are selling like the discount makeup and stuff. Like I just see it outside, like a part of town, like maybe almost like a diagonal. Uh, I can't even think like a Harry Potter thing where you have to like go behind a building and then like you're in this black market. I'm okay. picturing it like the market from um, Hellboy. Oh yeah, that's a good touch point. Um, I like that. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So it's it's like. It's, see, and I was like in Harry Potter world. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and see, I was thinking of um, I was thinking of something from Neverwhere, uh, which is like, I, and I think that like maybe it's sort of similar to the market that's um, referenced in Neverwhere, and that maybe it moves every night. Like maybe it appears the same, but it mo- like the location is not the same. So you don't you can't get in unless you're like a magic user, and you if you're a magic user, then there's like some sort of easy mini ritual that you can do, which gives you directions to where the market is going to be at. And it's there for exactly 24 hours and then it moves again. Or like a special like knock you have to do to get into it. Like, you know, like Vex would probably have to show her wand or like put her wand somewhere, you know? Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Let's go with that. So, so you go to this place, um, and today, today it's like in the city, it's in like, you know, it's in the part of town that's like sort of the magical slums. And it's one of those things where like, if you're standing on the street, you know, it's sort of a Diagon Alley thing where like, if you're standing on the street, it looks like there's houses, like as far as you can see, they're not in great shape, but they're houses. But then you like walk behind this one house that like has a code, it has like a sigil painted on its door. And you walk behind that one house and then like do some sort of like musical chairs no musical chairs is not a thing i'm thinking of like xylophone i'm making a xylophone gesture i don't know why i said musical chairs kind, kind of how like hagrid hits with his umbrella in certain spots yeah like something like that it, it, you know this 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 code would have to be something that could be played out anywhere so i don't know if maybe there's like some colors painted on it and you have to like tap the colors in a certain order and that's like the universal code to get in or whatever but once you do that like this facade sort of dissolves and there's um like just this huge open lot like Diagon Alley market from Hellboy like it's chaos there's people everywhere there are tons of like non-human people there there's like you can see people demonstrating spells and there's sparks flying I imagine do you do you, do you go here often enough that you know your way around yeah definitely I mean I I have to uh get certain things um, or you know I kind of keep in with the locals because this is kind of where I was raised at you know I I stick closely to some of my roots like this is the neighborhood i grew up in right and so have fox and iroh ever been here before iroh has only ever heard of this place and now that he's finally here he's trying like desperately to contain just how giddy he is at finally getting in he is you know he is just wide-eyed and just grinning like a fool just like like, guys come on play it cool this is (laughs) This is he, wherever you go. He trails like four or five steps behind as he just like stops to look at everything. Uh, Fox would have been here for his patron, like for uh, collecting right, stuff and whatever. Sense. But it's not some place that he frequents, right? So are you like uncomfortable or like comfortable? Do you feel like you're a little uncomfortable, but not as much as Ira? <laughs> okay, yeah. 
So, um, right. So you're sort of like trailing around here and Nancy expertly is like weaving her way through all of these, these booths. Um, Fox is like I following. I really wish we had a camera <laughs> right now. <laughs> Fox is following close behind Nancy, um, sort of looking like kind of on his guard and, uh, Iroh is trailing like four feet behind doing like the Harry Potter, like, whoa, whoa, what's this? What's this? Um, ah, that's a nightmare before Christmas. yes so you know harry potter jack skellington something like that snow in the air (laughs) you trail and there's like you know sort of tucked away in a corner there's like a small is this a do you think is it like a tent is it a booth like tell me what this tell me what this looks like and who this character is so um he definitely wouldn't or they i don't know i said he let's go with he definitely wouldn't be in like a booth or something you know like you always see those people kind of in the streets like doing like stupid magnet um magic tricks and stuff or like you know here's your card what's your card you know and he's um has like a hat down with like people needing money you know i just imagine him being like this big jokester who's just doing stuff on the side iroh immediately is like that one (laughs) No, no, honey, don't do that. I, I saw it. He put it under that one. It's oh, this is a magic thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, he lifts. He lifts all three cups, and it's not under any of them. And then he pulls it out from behind your ear. <laughs> how do you do that? And then he winks at you. This is incredible. Oh. So is this like? Um, do you have any cues for a body type? So like, jokester. Are we thinking like? tall skinny person or like a haggard style figure or like is this like a short small person oh no he definitely like um blends in to the point like he wouldn't be like haggard size or anything like that i mean he's definitely like one of those like little peddler guys i I envision him being like an elf like he has ears i don't know okay the only other thing like you could definitely tell he's magical but all right yes so this character has um like pointed ears uh so this is like either a fae or someone who has fae in them um you might recognize like i don't know if there's like a particular so like dolores the bartender is half fae and she has like slightly pointed ears and he's got the same like slightly pointed ears and his eyes are just like an unnaturally bright shade of green and um he has like i'm picturing um let me know like if you want to rip off of any of this but i'm picturing him as like having sort of like a it's like it was once a really, really nice coat, and now it's patched up. It's almost like it's like if Duster, it's like um, if Iroh's Duster started as a really, really nice coat, and then sort of like went downhill to the point where it was like it's like not in as good a it's shape just as Iroh's. All patchwork now. <laughs> yeah, it's all patchwork. Um, he has like if you stand and watch, if you watch the booth long enough, you would see that he has like carrier pigeons flying in and out so like one will land on his shoulder and he'll sort of like whisper to it for a second and then take something off its foot and then like write something else and let send it off again and uh yeah so just like a very eccentric this is like our eccentric npcs day um so all the eccentric <laughs> so and he so he shows iroh his magic trick and um do you think that does he know you well enough to like warmly greet you or is it just like it, does he remember your name Oh, yeah, they would definitely call me fancy. They would, they know, they see me coming every time because I'm always overly dressed. (laughs) All right, so he says, oh, oh, hey there, Nancy. Uh, How are you? Uh, you, How's it going today? Oh, you know, just working a job as normal. You, uh, you, You know each other? 
Oh, yeah, we go way back. I've known Nancy since she was knee-high to a dwarf. That's very small. <laughs> I know, hard to believe that I was once that tiny, right? Mm. <laughs> Ralphio. Ralphio. Good old John Ralphio. Like, <laughs> I call well. him Ralphie. <laughs> He says, I hate it, but I let her get away with it. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I know how that goes. Uh, so <laughs> you and you and Ralphio share a, a moment of silent acknowledgement for the struggle. Because <laughs> y'all love me. I know. It's okay. Uh, so he says, all right. <laughs> Look, and he's rolling his eyes. <laughs> Uh, so, so what do you, what do you ask him? How was this request raised? Or do you like, do you make small talk or do you get straight to business? Do you think? I'm like, okay, like it said, I'm working a job. I need some information. Can uh, you lend me your ear for a minute? Yeah. What kind of information are you looking for? So we're looking for someone. Not sure what faction, but pretty sure magic you. I think her name was Marie, Marie. Robertson. Marie Ro- yes, Marie Robinson. Um, so for that, you are going to need... Oh, yeah, we, I never made you roll hit the streets. Um, yeah, so you're going to need to roll hit the streets. So roll plus uh, power. Uh, that was an eight to hit the streets. All right. On a seven to nine, you get to choose one of the below, which is whoever you're going to is juggling their own problems or... Whatever you need is more costly than anticipated. Can I try and help? Yeah, what does that look like? So I am going to try and help by filling in some of the details that uh, Iroh has kind of gleaned as part of our trip to uh, Monsieur Applebottom's shop, knowing that whoever this person is, they are um, uh, someone with some cash to throw around, someone with very exacting specifications, um, you and you, I imagine you show him your diagram of yeah, the sigils. Absolutely. So someone um, and who we suspect might be tied somehow to the druids of the sacred grove. All right. So I'm rolling with my bonds for Nancy. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, you'll roll. Yes. Plus links. Uh, so that is a eleven. Jesus. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that bumps it up. You rolled a nine. Is that what you said? Yep. Uh. You wait, her. She got a nine. I got okay. an eleven. So that bumps it up. Uh, Isn't that like exactly what happened last time? Probably. Uh, when we did like the. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um, so that bumps it up to a total success, which means that you ask, and then he like carefully looks over. He looks at these notes that Iroh has. He um, is kind of making like hmm uh, noises, and he goes, "All right, so so you didn't hear this from me, all right." Oh, you know, I don't ever tell my sources. Yeah, I appreciate your discretion. Um, so you didn't hear this from me. Marie Robinson, I don't know that name in specific. Um, I'm thinking that that's an alias, I imagine. I could be wrong, but uh, you know how these magic users have a flair for the dramatic. Oh, I know. <laughs> and them all with their double lives don't want to admit that they're magical and stuff. All with their wearing unnecessary heels. <clears throat> hey, now. <laughs> Hey, now. Don't take a stab at me in this. So, um, I suspect that's an alias. Um, so I don't know this person's original name, but they, these, these markings are, they're either, I feel like I've seen some of the, the, the folk magic practitioners. I've se- I feel like I've seen some of these sigils used by them, but I'm not a hundred percent for sure. You know how it is. There's some overlap between the schools. Um, but it's definitely, 
either them or the alchemists. It could be a sorcerer, but I don't know. You know how, you know, sorcerers are all about the flashiness. They're not going to be skulking around at night in, like, a besigiled cloak. Hmm. The tie to the druids is interesting because I know that they've had some struggles with retaining members. Not a lot. Most mm-hmm. people, since it's sort of an opt-in thing, most people know what they're getting into when they join the Druids, and they're perfectly happy to do so. But I did hear about a particularly nasty breakup, if you will, probably about four or five months ago, where one of their members, who had been a member for several years and who was in good standing in the community, left over some kind of practition disagreements some something something that didn't sit right with them about the way that the druids were running things uh they wanted to modernize the operation and the druids are not so much about that Uh, iroh kind of winces a little at that but remains silent yeah so yeah i didn't even think about that i imagine that probably hits a little close to home for iroh very and Uh, i like just put my hand on his shoulder and i like tap him like there there Keep keep going, Raphael. That and that person, as far as I know, that person that they had the big blowout with a couple months ago. Well, I guess not a couple months ago. You know, four or five months ago. Mm. um, As far as I know, that was a woman. So that kind of pieces things together. That's sort of an interesting uh, intersection. If this Marie Robinson person is using an alias, that might be the way to go. Mm. Did you happen to hear her name? I don't. I don't know her name. This is, you know how it is. This comes to me through like three different sources and I get a third of the story from each and then an extra 25% of the story that might be a fabrication and I got to figure out what's what's true and what's not. And oh, I know, I know. This is he kind of like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones? Yeah, that's sort of how I'm picturing him, yeah. <laughs> that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. I thought Fox was asking Ralphio that. I was like... <laughs> uh... <laughs> This is why it helps to have character voices. So you know when Nancy or Jennifer. Ralphie, Ralphie, I didn't, I didn't catch Walking Dead last week. <laughs> you gotta catch me up, dude. Can, can you, can you catch me up on the major details? Yeah, so he's sort of like, I imagine he's less like ethically icky than Littlefinger, um, but he's definitely one of those people that's got like a, a bunch of uh, fingers and a bunch of different pies. Oh, so he's many finger. He's many fingers. Got it. Many little Ralphio many fingers. Ralphio. And I slide him like the cufflinks I got earlier today, and I'm like, thanks, dear. You know, you always got my back. Oh, thanks. Uh, and he like very excitedly grabs the cufflinks and immediately starts to swap them out. They don't match his jacket at all. No. Uh, he's yeah. He's about to put some like really fucking nice cufflinks on like this patchy black jacket. Um. Does, how does Fox react to this, like, sartorial misstep? Well, I thought you got those for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you some other ones. I'm imagining, like, a Charlie Brown, just, like, thundercloud just appears <laughs> over Fox's head. <laughs> Honey, it's, it's for the better things. I'll get you some later. Okay, okay. All right. Um, oh. Uh, so I mean, I imagine Ralphia has just tossed aside his old ones. Ira scoops him up and holds him out to Fox. Here, he doesn't look like he's using these anymore. You can keep them. Oh, it's you not, might want to tinker with them a bit. I don't not know. Not tink. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pockets them, I guess. Yeah, Ralphio watches all of this play out with like 
something like he's confused, but he's not going to say anything, and he's not super worried about the cufflinks, and um, he's just like ignoring. Yeah, he's like he probably sees this play out in the background as he's like looking at his, you know, admiring the look. Um, Those are Frederick Applebottom originals. Yeah, I can tell. We don't often see that in this part of town. I just caught myself imagining what the Applebottom logo looks like, and. folks (laughs) so um do you stick around and talk to him anymore or is that do you just basically like peace out after that i'm like thanks honey see you later right and he's he like waves you off and immediately turns around and starts talking he's like doing the magic trick with one hand he's like so like and like like shouts a sentence like to entice passerby and then turns and like whispers something to a pigeon and sends the pigeon off and he's like multitasking like feeding his birds while also doing you know some three card monty and some um like cup tricks uh with his other hand and you guys leave the market so what are you going to do now So, um, yeah, just to recap, yeah, basically what he told you is that based on the sigils, it could possibly be, he told you, so there's a, what you know now is there's a, there was at least one disgruntled person who left the druids and did not really leave on good terms. Marie Robinson is most likely an alias and the sigils are most reminiscent of the folk magic practitioners or the alchemists. Uh, it could like potentially be sorcerers but he doesn't really think that this fits the sorcerer's mo if i was a druid on the outs folk magic clans might be just who i go to go to to take shelter might be worth checking out and see if they've had anyone new join their ranks or try to the past couple of months sounds like that makes sense all right Uh, where do they hang out it's a good question do you think dolores may know that's a good idea actually I imagine Dolores probably does know. I am. Uh, you're still going to have to roll for this. I just grew up here all my life. I still don't know where everything is. Yeah, so I think you'll roll. I think this would be... So the two rolls that I'm looking at are hit the streets, which are the one that you just did, but also mm-hmm. put a face to a name, which is roll with their faction. And on a hit, you know their reputation, which like in this case would be on a hit, you know where they're at. Yeah, let's do something um, new. So let's yeah. try the put a face to a name. Right. So that's a, that would be a roll plus power. Um, so let's... Let's play it. Let's so you get in the car and you go yep. back. Um, Dolores is uh, surprised to see you. Like again, she's not like doesn't have, feel any particular way about it. But it's and I imagine that by this point it's probably like by this point it's probably like what six or seven. I'm imagining it's yep. getting on. So like the speakeasy is starting to fill up. She's dealing with customers when you walk in, and you just like go sit down at the bar. Uh, yeah. I'll- give her an opportunity to find time to talk to us. I don't want to get in the way of her making her living or anything like that. All right. Um, so she, Nancy, you need a refill. Fox does pay her wages. Yeah. (laughs) But if people don't come in the store, then Fox isn't. So she like notices you guys sit in, gives you like a nod of acknowledgement that like universal service profession look of like, I see you. I'll get to you as soon as I can when I'm not dealing with customers. Um, and she like slides three drinks down the bar and then comes over and has like root beer and another glass of rum and a pina colada ready to go for the three of you. And yes, Fox drinks pina coladas. What a baby. <laughs> I 
I thought you were gonna say what a bitch. I was like, Excuse me. I would never swear at my son. <laughs> what a baby! You're drinking rupia over there. Listen. And has it in a little umbrella. Jennifer's. I mean, uh, Fancy's probably has a little umbrella too because it's rum. Pina coladas have rum in them. They do. Yeah, that's it. That's that's one alcohol fact Listen, that I know. Dolores, I, I've got. I with your bands. I got. I've got something very important to ask Dolores. Can I get an umbrella too? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, um, she fishes an umbrella out and, and puts it in your thing and like gives a little twirl so that I don't know if you've ever seen that like flourish. Um, if you go to like one of the places where they make a big show out of doing the drinks and there's like I've seen this specific way that they put it in where like it unfurls is yeah. So she like does some it's art, yeah, fancy beer magic, um, beer magic, <laughs> fancy beer magic. Dolores, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what what can are you guys are you guys doing okay? Are you turning in for the night? Is there anything I can do to help out? Um, I haven't seen. Gosh, hopefully at this point Charles and Bex haven't been in. Uh, she's like I haven't I haven't seen uh, Charlie and Bex yet, so I don't have any updates for you on that front. No, no, we're we're trying to figure out if we've got uh, another move to make. Actually, um, maybe you can help uh, if, if I remember correctly. Um, You've you've got some connections over with the the folk magic clans, sort of the the hedge mages. Is that right? Yeah, I know. I know a little bit. I don't know a lot. Um, some of my, I've got some relatives on my uh, on my mom's side that like go back there. You know, my mom kind of left the fold, but mm. they're uh, so Dolores's Dolores's dad is Faye, and her mom was a magic practi- practitioner. Uh, gotcha. So like. That's that's the backstory there. Okay. She's like, yeah, mom kind of left the fold, but I think that I, you know, I know some stuff about it. What are what are you looking for? We're trying to pin down someone we think maybe a discontent that might have left the sacred grove druids. It sounds like might be in the uh, vicinity of the clans these days. Maybe would have joined maybe three or four months ago. Might be going by the name Marie Robinson. Trying to figure out who this might be. All right, um, go ahead and roll for it. What am I adding to this? Uh, power. Ew. What's that? That's a six. Yeah. Does anybody want to assist? You can. Uh, uh, well, I figured I would roll since I have the one in power. Um, oh well. Well, so but she was started doing, talking. Yes, yeah, she was doing the talking while you're over there chugging your rum. I am <laughs> chugging. I'm like, geez, let me get my drink in me first. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine that Nancy like sat down and was getting ready to say something, and then Iroh started talking, and she was like, "eh," and just and like so I started the, drinking. Yeah, took that entire time, just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I imagine this scene playing out like Iroh says all of that, and then goes to take a sip of the root beer, and then just like accidentally coughs all of it all over the place. You get the like, oh, no, no, no. You know, he forgot that the umbrella was there, and he gets that in his mouth, and just, like, the entire drink goes everywhere. It is incredibly embarrassing. Or, like, pokes him in the eye. Like, the entire... <laughs> like, it's just like... Um, like Anything that can happen involving the umbrella in his face just seems to happen one after the other. You spit it out of your mouth, but like you move your hand the wrong way, so you shove it back <laughs> up your nose. <laughs> so go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and roll plus links. I'm like there, 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 there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, are you gonna live? Are we gonna? What? What's going on over there? Dolores, help him. I don't. Who knows CPI? I no help. Oh, it's in my ears. Oh, so you rolled a six. Wouldn't. Plus help, even though I have one power, but he has more links. Right, thoughts. so you're rolling with, yeah, so, um, yeah, whoever wants to roll for links, the only thing is that I am going to make you describe to me how you're helping, um, and it has to be, it has to be helping specifically with the request of Dolores, not helping with this current <laughs> struggle bus that's yeah. going on around the root beer. Well, that's what I'm saying, wouldn't, would, because what we add is our links, right? Yes, my, my thought there is that, um, it, yeah, so, like, you know more about the magic practitioners and might be able to clue clue her in more um you have more links so if you can if you can tell me what it would look like you assisting with this request then we can do that and you have a higher chance of success but also another thing to keep in mind is that um is that since he rolled a six like you only he he only needs a bump of one Uh, so like as long as it rolls seven to as long as you roll above a seven then you're good okay and i'm like Dolores, what he's trying to say is that we're looking for some disgruntled druids. And, you know, the magic users, I've already been over there. And since we don't have Vex with us, we need somebody else with the in. And she listens to you as she is mopping up this root beer mess. What is <coughs> it? Uh-oh. <laughs> I failed. I rolled a three. Oh, damn. With a, and, and that's a plus two, so that's a five. All right. Um. Oh, my other ear. Arrow <laughs> 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 at this point is like already like moving to the back exit, just trying to like get as much blood in the alleyway and not in the bar. Wait, there's blood. Oh, now? absolutely, one hundred percent. Fox is like trying to usher him out. There's like, don't get my speakies. There's <laughs> lots of blood, but no clear injury. <laughs> is Iro one of those people who gets a nosebleed from stress? Maybe. Maybe. Like, <laughs> so he's no. The oh, umbrella went child. too far up his nose and caused a nosebleed, <laughs> or his ear, or any other orifice. Apparently. <laughs> So he, he, like, coughed and root beer came out of his nose. You know? Listen, the, the umbrella situation has affected us all. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I can't even concentrate now. Your I'm turn! To think it's <laughs> I'm like, I, like, help uh, Iroh out, and I'm like, you try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess let's... I don't know how to... Um, I'm trying to figure out how to roll, how to play this out, so um, if you want to attempt... Can, can like, I actually? Yes, you okay. can, you can like, try this. So what happens is, like, he spills root beer on me, and I get upset, and I'm like, come on, we gotta get you out of here, and we're gonna go change, because this isn't gonna work, and so we both get up and walk away before Doris, Dolores can even answer us. Yes. So she turns and looks at Remind you, me what Fox. the question was again? You're trying to, um... You're trying to get information from her about the folk magic practitioners. Okay. So for you to do that, for you to make this roll, just for the sake of um, gameplay mechanics, mm-hmm. we'll, we can just roll this as an assist because mm-hmm. you're sort of, this is like sort of a horrible chain of disaster that's <laughs> happening. Um, but you are still assisting with the original uh, request. So you'll roll you'll roll 2d6 and then you'll add your links with um, Iroh, which is now a four. So your chances of success are very high. You just need, we just need a seven, guys. That's all you need. I'm um, trying. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. So if you, but the one, my, the the requirement that I'm making as the GM is that you have to tell me like 
what this looks like, like how you're assisting with this original request. If you're providing new information or if you're like giving something extra to jog her memory, like if you show her the schematics, maybe I, cause she would have a copy. Listen, you, you saw what he just went through. You know, all he wants to know is information. Well, so this isn't, this isn't a case of her not wanting to give information. It's just a case of like bad dice rolls at this point. Dolores, the NPC wants to help. So like, so I just need to show her something. Yeah. You just need to provide some extra information that's going to like jog her memory or something like that. Um, well, Iroh has everything. He's been collecting all the stuff in his pocket. Do you uh, run? And, do you run and grab in point of, it? Yeah. In point of fact, stuff. Dolores has one piece of information. Yeah, she has the schematics, so you True. can like be like. So let's just say, yeah, but for the sake of has it. No, yeah, well, she, 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 like, I haven't. I haven't told her that it's connected okay. to this. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, right. we left that for Vex, but right. if you take a look at it, yeah. So for the yeah, sake of expediency, okay. let's say that Fox is just like, I imagine does a big like sigh and like nose bridge pinch at this disaster scene and it's like Dolores like that sketch we gave you earlier like take a look at it does this does that something with the magic practitioners the folk magic people what do you know yeah um like please for the love of god just tell me before my bar turns into a root beer soda mess I think that's too late for that (laughs) eight okay plus four Oh, so it's oh, a yeah. 12. Yeah. So wow. yeah. It's an unmitigated success. Yeah. So yeah, there was actually only one die roll you could have gotten that would have been a failure. Oh, look at the math genius yeah. over here. Man, I should have done it in Where the Where were place. you when we were doing all our math? Yeah. <laughs> we should have. I, we should have. I should have. I'm not a probability person. I don't know. So Success! Fuck. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, so. We cannot concentrate today, guys. Yeah, so she looks at it. She looks at it and she goes, oh, um, yeah, I recognize these symbols. She basically is going to tell you the same thing. She's like, she's like, I, uh, she's like, sorry, boss. I don't want to give you a half-assed answer, but like. These it could be the folk magic practitioners. It could be you know like um, those people. And if you want to go after them, I can tell you where to find them. But I could also see this being like maybe the alchemists. And I don't know where to find the alchemists at this given point. But well, that was not worth Iro almost killing himself with a drink umbrella. Is that a thing for Dolores he or an Michelle? Umbrella. What? Never mind. <laughs> he wanted an umbrella. <laughs> I figured yes. a grown ass man could handle an umbrella. I mean, have you seen him? <laughs> Disaster Dad. Ooh. <laughs> Your new title. Another oh, very good cover band Disaster name. Disaster Dad. Yeah. Oh, that should no. be the title of this episode. Yes, Disaster Dad Disaster episode Dad. title. Wait, wait. <laughs> I've had a lot more success than I have Disaster. But that was such yeah. a good disaster. It was. It was yeah. a good disaster. All right. I lost so, um, a lot of blood. She's going to go ahead and tell you... Uh, yeah, she doesn't... You lost a lot of blood. <laughs> She's gonna. She'll go ahead and be like, "So, um, the folk magic. So the the folk magic practitioners. I'm gonna say hedge mages because I like that better. That's a that's less of a mouthful. She's gonna go ahead and tell you where the hedge mages can be found. Um, there's it's like this whole elaborate route where like you have to go through the caves, um, the entrance at the sacred grove, and then like (laughs) I know, Iroh's favorite place and then once you're there, like you'll go this way and the caves let out at this like really secluded rocky spot on the beach and they have like a small sort of like primitive looking village set up there that's kind of built in the same style as like a lot of the dwarven houses are so and she's like if you go that's where they were last I knew them, they might not take kindly to strangers showing up but I don't think that they will 
like kill on sight or anything. Um, as far as the alchemists, I don't know where to find them. If you give me a, if you give me, you know, if you give me a night to, uh, to talk to some people here, I might be able to get some dirt for you on that. And then she's like, I'll be right back. I got to mop this up. <laughs> so that's, that's the information that you got from Dolores. You know, if you, it, like, if you give her, you know, 12 hours, like if you give her a solid night of business, she can probably give you more information on the alchemists. She will look for that since you're her boss. So um, everyone is saying we need to go to bed and you obviously need some time to, to relax. Take him to the sick bay. Yes, take him, take him, him to the sick bay. Um, Dolores can probably heal it, it, if you come back inside. I'm just saying, it looks like we've exhausted everything we can think of. I need to replenish my funds. Let's start fresh tomorrow. I imagine Iroh is off in a corner nursing his injuries. Uh, Dolores is cleaning up the mess and uh sort of like keeping an eye on the bar and are you two just like sitting off in the corner and you're are you getting dressed up again is there another fashion montage yes i've gone and changed because now fancy nancy has gotten root beer all over her her wilderness outfit and that will not do and she has to get into character when she is on a job for her day job for her day job which is um her night job actually (laughs) and um you know she sets up her booth and she gets like all of her jewels and her bohemian look going on and and she's like come come get your fortune read i like that you lost the uh the, the twang. I did lose the twang, and I went more into a Russian <laughs> for a tarot card reader. I don't know. <laughs> All right, and and what is Fox doing? Do you uh, change also? No, Fox is helping Iroh patch himself up. <laughs> okay, he's got he's Aww. got the first aid kit. Sweet, beautiful. Just like taking like very small bandages yeah. and putting way too many of them over <laughs> yeah. the like those little <laughs> tiny square ones. Just like sticking a bunch of them. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so we close out on that disaster scene. Disaster is too strong of a word. We're going to close out there. Thanks for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with the link to our community Discord and our other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you? In addition to becoming a patron, you can now also be entered in the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter with a tweet about the show or writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap of the review at us. And don't forget to check out the Patreon to get other sneak peeks and behind-the-scenes content. We're only a few dollars away from our first goal, and once we meet that, we'll do a bonus episode of Serendipity City with me as a player playing Fiasco, which is a really fun game that's very well suited to the tone of our podcast. If you want to see that happen, make sure to look at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton for making it possible for me to spend more time on projects like this. We're playing a combination of The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron and Urban Shadows by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman, with a few things added in here and there from Dungeon World by Sage Latour and Adam Kobel. All of these are hacks of Apocalypse World. Sound effects and music were a combination of public domain and free to use, with a full track list in the episode description, and Battle Bards. Our next episode will go up June 5th. If you've been enjoying the show, please consider rating and reviewing or telling a friend about us. That is the only way we can find new listeners right now. Thanks again for listening, and have a great rest of your day. That was terrific.